Happy whatever day of the week it is for everybody. Welcome to this week's CIT Tech for Business podcast. We're sitting down again today with Todd and Matthew to talk about moving away from passwords. But first, you guys, if you've been listening for a little while, know that we love to make our speakers answer some sort of a lovely icebreaker question. So this week we're asking, what was the last book that you read? I'll go first. This morning, I finished The Hound of Baskervilles by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes novel. It was actually recommended by Matthew as part of our work club, our work book club. I loved it. Read it within pretty much I fell asleep reading it and then I woke up and I finished it. So loved it. It was a great book. I could go on and on. We could talk the entire half an hour about it, but we won't. So I'll kick it right on over to Matthew to answer. What was the last book that you read? Uh, I finished Dark Matter by uh, Blake Crouch on Sunday, and I also started it on Sunday. Um, much like you, I <laughs> read through this book so quickly. Um, very fun premise, very quick read. Uh, yeah, it was a, I really enjoyed it. Adding it to the TBR list. It's getting long. It's getting real long. <laughs> it is. What about you, Todd? Uh, well, I've got attention issues, so I, I tend to have a business book and a, a, a personal book simultaneously. I won't talk about business because business is boring. Um, but the last one, I've, I've got an I've got about an hour left of it. I'm reading the fifth season by what is it, N.K. Jemison, and uh, it's pretty darn good. I'm liking it. It's a trilogy. In case anybody's curious, so if you're going to get into it, it's more than just one book, and I've only gotten through one. The time commitment. <clears throat> Yeah, I say, what do you both think? That should I put that one on my list? Yes, Matthew. Yes, uh, yes, I have. Um, probably time for a reread. To be honest, uh, it's highly recommended. Uh, and I will say that uh, Dark Matter was actually recommended to me by one of the other people in our workbook club, uh, Andrew. So, lots of great recommendations coming through there. I think we should maybe mention them more. <laughs> now, right, coming soon, CIT Book Club. The next level podcast. It'll be great. Exactly. Seems obvious at this point. Yeah, right. We can talk about just about anything. So super simple. But today we'll yeah. try to, you know, limit ourselves. We'll go back getting into the topic at hand. What is password authentication? Uh well, actually what we're talking about is going passwordless. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thanks for that. <laughs> Uh, so uh, today we're talking about going passwordless. So uh, if you've been following along with the podcast, whatever order you're going through, we, we had recently just gone through one that talked about uh, passwords in general, along with password management. Um, and as we were talking about that, we're, we basically got through the whole process of password suck, right? Everybody knows it. Everybody hates them. And and really what the world has kind of done is saying, well, because that they're so bad, let's find a Band-Aid. So um, Password managers, in my opinion, are a band-aid to what the real issue is. And the real issue is, is that passwords suck. I was going to try not to say suck this time, but I said it. Um, so just real briefly, kind of to, to put some context around that, just can give you some, some random stats, something that came from the Verizon report at the beginning of this year, which is 22. They said 80% of all data breaches were a result of weak or compromised passwords. For an IT staff, so if any of you guys happen to be IT, this will resonate with you. There is approximately 12 minutes per user per week spent resetting passwords. 
Um, we do a lot of support for customers, and I would estimate somewhere around 30% of all phone calls we take are password resets. Um, in that vein, I, there is a statistic out there that says from like, I think I picked this one up from the Tech Republic, but it was about 20% of all IT professionals spend about 20% of their times. Tw IT professionals spend about 20% of their time resetting passwords. Sorry about that. Um, so again, it, it's more like passwords are bad because they're user driven. Um, we tend to reuse them if you're not good. Rotation policies stink. They make everything worse. So you got to reset them often. Um, obviously, they're easy to compromise. But ultimately, like I said, this is really kind of a process that's been treating the symptom. Whereas a concept like passwordless goes to the root cause and says, let's get away from that. So um, from there, I guess the most natural piece is what is passwordless? And maybe a kind of a follow-up question of what is it not? Yeah, um, I'd actually like to to shift a question instead to you, Todd. What how, what do you feel the full root cause of this is? I know I'm, I'm diverting I'm here a little bit. Yeah, you, you said are. that the <laughs> the uh, <laughs> so passwords are uh, are a symptom, but what's the the root cause here? For for me, I feel that the root cause is that authenticating yourself in any way online is impossible because you aren't online you're you're trying to make that that proof that you are who you say you are to everything at once um hopefully tying this back to the passwordless side of things and <laughs> i was just wondering if you'd agree with that with that description Parta. I, I, <laughs> the reason why i did that is because i was kind of going with the whole my question first because I asked it first. Um, so so I'll, I'll tip my cards a little bit. My feeling on it is what passwordless is not is just removing a password. So when you say it's not authenticating online, I, I, the caveat I had to that is if a user doesn't log on to their PC first, they don't have a password at all. There's nothing there. Then basically they're just kind of wide open. And of course, hopefully most people know that businesses put passwords in place to kind of say, well, before I give you access to everything, I got to authenticate what you are or who you are or whatever the case may be that like you mentioned. Uh, but then yes, after that, assuming that that piece is in place in a personal life, which I, I don't think it is. I, I, you can look at my family and how much I, I beat on them and saying, hey, you you can't do that. You need to change your passwords every couple of years. Um, and no, winter 2022 is not okay. I, assuming that that's true, that's, that's ultimately what we're after. But so um, I'll take the first pass on what is passwordless. And, and really what it is is exactly what Matthew said is it's that authentication that is required in order to validate you are who we think you are. Um, what it's not is taking away passwords altogether, just saying they suck, therefore we're just not even going to bother anymore. It's definitely not that. So you're telling me pretty much it's not going to be, oh, you no longer have something to log in when you open your computer, you can just go in and use it. There's still some sort of authentication that's happening. Correct. Yeah. There's, and I mean, that's exactly how I would have phrased it as well. So I'll leave that with you. You answered your own question. Um, <laughs> the, it's about changing that that process of, of where that sign-in is done, right? Um, you mentioned, or as part of this conversation, there's 
current passwords require you to go to a website first. They require you to sign in and have that interaction interaction with a front page or with, with something on the site. And taking it back that step further, we, we change where it's authenticating against. You've already signed into your computer. So why do you need to then sign in again? They're trying to ease that process so that signing into the computer becomes the first gate and then everything that you need is already available. We see this a lot, as you mentioned, in, in uh, other, other solutions already have been trying to, trying to meet this requirement. Um, we know Okta, some of the password managers even have this feature like LastPass. Yeah, so, so a couple of things just for uh, additional context, again, for, for a lot of people that are out there. Um, one of the reasons why passwordless is a great idea or something that you're starting to, to pick up steam is I already said it, right? Passwords are bad. Nobody likes them. Everybody hates them. That's one issue. Um, but there are other things that go with it. Uh, just for example, one of the things that has really started to pick up steam, there's a little bit of a buzz phrase around it regarding zero trust. Zero trust has been something that popped up last year with the big hacks that went on with the supply chain, whether that was Kaseya or the, the Colonial Pipeline or you name it. All of those things were coming along and the Biden administration came along and said, hey, organizations, you need to get on board with improving your cybersecurity and things you should be looking at are EDR and zero trust. Passwordless management falls directly into that. So that's one, that's two. Number three, it removes friction from your employees. So you're Agreed. pretty much telling me that, yeah, I don't have to log in and then open my 20 different tabs and then log into each of those every single time. That's what you're telling me that would be the benefit for the end user? That would be the yeah. end goal, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. You love benefits. <laughs> A lot of people with full Microsoft environments will be already seeing this. When you sign into your computer, you're already able to access Outlook and and all of your, your, uh, your office products. But... It'll also sign you in if you're using Edge to uh, your online portal. And, and that's kind of the goal, I believe, for, for everyone. We want to be able to just go to the places we already go and for them to recognize who we are via whatever it is that's storing it and storing those current credentials. Yeah, so, so Matthew mentioned Microsoft. That's one. Um, there's a lot of other, he's also mentioned Okta. There's a bunch of other tools out there. Duel's another multi-factor that's got a, some, a tool set in there. Google's starting to play in this field. And of course, I don't know if, if anybody has seen this, but but Apple has just made a, a well, not maybe just, but recently made um, an announcement about their passkey solution. And it's it's all falling into the same type of technology. Windows Hello is, is one of the other ones that you can use too. And in case anybody's not familiar with it, it is something that's built into Windows 10. Um, and it uses facial recognition or a pin to help sign you in. Um, I'm a tech nerd, so there's things that I get excited about. I will tell you, passwordless, Windows Hello, passkeys, they're game changers. Yeah. Our, our password policy is 15 characters. And typing that in every time you have a Windows lockout, for us, it's every five minutes. So if you haven't touched your computer for five minutes, you go to the bathroom, you get a drink of water, it doesn't matter, you're out. So you get to come back and type in your 15 character or larger, which is my case, because I'm also paranoid. Um, every time you have to do it, it's a pain in the ass. So having a tool where I sit down, I tap a button, it recognizes me and says, hey, that's you, I signed you in, and off I go, it, it, 
it took a second. It was effortless. I didn't do anything. And I'm working again instantly. It's a game changer. It's absolutely fantastic. I agree. Um, I've been, I, I, I use Windows and Mac at home. And uh, we, we've mentioned Windows does this and, and Okta, but Apple has been doing something very similarly for, for quite a while now. Um, their, their keychain feature works this way to get them into, it gets you, the user, into all of your apps. And from my understanding, and, and obviously we only have what, what Apple's made available, the passkey side of things that they're doing is really an extension of that to the mobile devices, to their iOS functionality. And to, to one of the ways I think about it is that this is really changing not just where you're authenticating, but what you're, but what is authenticating. Um, so in this case, you in a regular case, you sign into the website and the website authenticates who you are. Whereas by taking this step back and using this passkey system or a passwordless system, the storage of that information of those passkeys is on your device. So if you can get into your device, your device is then making those authentications because you've proven you can get in there. Yeah, so again, just for everybody that's out there that may not be 100% aware of things that he's referencing, there is the the level that's built into the, the physical device, that be your PC or, or whatever. But a lot of you guys are probably already dealing with this when it comes to your iPhones or even uh, Google's doing this with the Android devices too, is you may be using a face ID, a touch, some kind of biometric, you're doing the same thing. When it fails because you've got your sunglasses on and you can't see and it won't authenticate you, you type in your PIN, same concept, you're going passwordless. So it's not something that's new. What is new is it's being applied on an enterprise level. So it's something that you're going to be seeing more of. And like I said, this is one of the core tenets of what's built into the zero trust. When it comes to zero trust, the item where they, we talked about this briefly, but what you're really focused on is identity and access management. So in, in the security world, it's called IAM because we have to abbreviate everything. And it's the piece that that connects the passwordless portion back to zero trust. We have not done the IAM podcast yet, but it's coming and, and it's it's almost eminent at this point. We, we've now referenced it. We're kind of coming full circle. It's about time that we put that one together. I mean, I'll... Yeah, I was going to say, I'll give you my job gladly for me, like, and in a future <laughs> podcast, come back next week for I am. But no, and thank you. The context of, right, I do use a Mac even at work, and I do use um, the biometric, right, little fingerprint. But yeah, when you get up and you come back, the amount of times I'm like, type it in again, type it. Like, I understand why we have to have it. And yeah, it's one little less thing to have, but it gives a little bit of nice context. That's, yeah, it's fun to have new tech things, but we've already kind of been trained to do it for years yeah. so anyways that was my two cents so thank you for giving that context yes so, and i think go, go ahead matthew i'm sorry i was just gonna say thank you to both of you i i felt myself get in the zone there so there was a very good chance i missed i i briefly touched on two or three different topics without stopping myself uh, so, so the question I'm going to say is, you know, we just kind of pumped it up pretty hard, right? And we're saying you get to bypass this, you get to bypass that. So the question that should just naturally follow is, is this a secure methodology? Yeah, um, and and that's it's a big question. Uh, <laughs> as with everything, there is a right and a wrong way to implement something. You can 
carry a, a bike chain and, and chain your bike up every time. But if you just wrap it around the handlebars and tie it up, you're not going to stop anyone from saving your bike. So that's really what it comes down to with this as well. Yes, there's a, a best practice and there is safer ways to do it. Uh, Windows Hello as an implementation, I feel, is a was a great example of how that can be done and implemented without really impacting too many users' experience, which is obviously critical when you're making a change like this on the back end. Uh, there's there's so many different ways to do it as well. It is is how I how I like to think about it. Yeah. I, so one of the things that I, I guess I'd throw in here is the whole methodology that's being used to back up passwordless, whether it's Windows Hello, Passkey by by Apple or Google sign-in methodology, they're all working together for a change, um, which will probably come as a shock to everybody. Uh, and they are basically working off of some core framework. So they're one of the things that's being used in most of these cases is FIDO2, which is very well baked out. It's a very strong security. It's got strong encryption, et cetera, et cetera. And we won't go too far into the deep end of what that looks like. Um, it, but the point would be that you've got some really biggie, big heavy hitters all working together, vetting it out. You've got uh, the community of cybersecurity is beating it up, trying to find weaknesses, and then the group is then patching those weaknesses. So, um, you know, how the implementation is uh, um, completed aside, because there are things that you could set it up poorly and it wasn't terribly secure, and there's there's ways around that too. But assuming that that part is in place, it is a very secure methodology. Um, yeah. As I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm incredibly paranoid, and and I'm I'm a true believer. So I don't know if that helps or not. <laughs> um, as I, I like that you've said you're paranoid so many times, Todd. It's a change from last time when I was the paranoid one. Uh, but yes, I, I agree with you. I'm the same. Uh, Fido two keys are physical dongle dongles that you can get to sign into devices and to your banking and everything else. And I, I use them at home. Um, I, I have them set up to get into everything, much to the chagrin of my partner, who wasn't Does aware it? it was something we could do, <laughs> <laughs> and now wonders why I have to add pin codes to uh, why fingerprints are added to these devices sticking out of the the tech we have at home. But that those additions, it, I mentioned the Fido the Fido keys, and and specifically in this case, it is a physical dongle that requires be connected to the device and requires your fingerprint to prove you're there, to prove you're the person at your desk connecting. Uh, so I don't type a password anymore. I, I plug the device in and, and press the button, and that gets me into my machine and into everything else I need at the same time. Though That functionality requires I have that key and I have uh, my my finger <laughs> to, to prove it's me, uh, which means leaving one around doesn't doesn't cause problems. So yes, there's there's a lot that's gone into these. Uh, there is a lot of changes, a uh, big hurrah to the FIDO Alliance for the work they've put into building this standard and, and working to, to get it out there. And then to Microsoft and, and Apple and everyone else who's who's implemented it because there's so many ways to use it, whether it is the, the physical dongle or uh, signing into multiple websites for yourself at once uh, that that are really bringing it along and making it exciting to use, not just safe, but 
again, we mentioned it before. It's fun to have cool tech, and <laughs> I think this is. I agree. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So pretty much easy to use. Gets you into everything. Short of me, you know, doing one of those James Bonds, getting the fingerprints, putting it there, doing all of these things, which right is movie magic, and we're not we're not saying that's what's happening. Right. It's more secure. Somebody can't just pick it up, plug it in, and use it. You need to physically be by it. Is there any drawback? Is there any challenges of getting this implemented? Right, we're talking about businesses. What would be some of the challenges of really getting this going at somebody's business? I uh, so I implemented uh, FIDO two keys uh, previously uh, for a company. Um, the The main challenges we found were the buy in, having everyone use it every time. Uh, thankfully, with Microsoft, there is ways to enforce it, uh, so it has to be used. But with the same, it's the same as when passwords were increased, so that it required more characters. There's going to be a bit of pushback sometimes. Uh, getting everyone on board with how much safer and easier it is long term will definitely help. Yeah, another challenge that's out there too is sometimes the technology that organizations have do not support it. So you may have a legacy system. Um, it's it, it's funny you mentioned passwords as an example is we at CIT pushed our password up to 15 characters An older version of Windows don't support that you actually do have to have it up to one of the later releases to actually support that kind of thing. And that's true of password lists to the FIDO, etc. So as you're looking at that legacy sim system that you may have, it may be something that's homegrown or it's just something that in manufacturing it's inevitable. They've almost always got something that they've brought along for many years because it's, it was a really expensive piece of equipment and technology at the time. It's hard to budget for a normal refresh cycle. So those types of systems do become problematic. They can potentially slow you down. Um, there's other times when you're going to just see a straight up technology gap, too. So, you know, if we're talking to you and this is one of the first times you've thought about it or con conceived that, hey, that's that's actually not a bad idea. It kind of sounds exciting, Matthew and Kelsey and Todd are actually kind of making sense here. You may not have the wherewithal to put in a new system, whether it's an Octo or connected to your Google suite or whatever the case may be. So that can always be a challenge as well. And then, uh, like Matthew said, I agree. The the user skepticism of, well, I've been doing passwords for years that I've been working. Though, <laughs> why would I do this? And and uh, you know that one seems relatively easy to address because you say, well, because I said so. Um, <laughs> no, you're removing the friction is the real reason why that one would go away. Yeah, it's it does streamline things. And I know that's not a challenge, but <laughs> it's. It, yeah, that's it, it does streamline things for for everyone who can use it. You probably are using it already in some way, even if it's just Windows Hello, uh, just expanding the current feature set to be more yeah. than what it was. Yeah, and we're doing great as an organization, so we're really far along the line of doing it. We've we've got a lot of the apps that are single sign-on, but even then, we still run into items where it's just an old tool or or whatever. It just hasn't been modified to something what I'd refer to as more of a modern authentication, and so you just can't connect it yet. And so, unfortunately, you're still going to have to revert back to some of those old legacy things of cranking in the characters to get it in. Yep. That makes perfect sense. And I totally thought, Todd, you were going to stop with, as an organization, we're doing great, period. And I was like, <laughs> like, <laughs> just tooting our own horn over here. Um, and this is a little bit of a tangent, and I know it's not something that we previously discussed for all the spoilers of everybody to know that we actually discussed somewhat what we're going to talk about before we get on here. But just 
forward thinking, right, of anything legacy that won't support it because the technology changed, right? And we're always like, technology is always changing and it's going to be different every single day. And we're saying, hey, it might be a little bit of an investment. Yes, you can get past the user friction. Do you guys see anything in the next five to 10 years that you could be like, yeah, if you implement this in five years, it's already going to be old? I know it's kind of a crystal ball question, but I mean, what do we think? Sounds like an icebreaker. <laughs> yeah, can I say this safe answer and just say everything? Um, <laughs> everything will have moved past it. Um, but in terms of in terms of how how the business runs, five years is a pretty that's a good time to get things up and running and working smoothly. So I'd hope not. Uh, but there ha we don't know these, as you mentioned, it's a crystal ball question. We don't know the answer, but it does seem like these types of things are here to stay. Um, seeing them implemented by the big tech companies is promising for them to for their longevity. Yeah, my response would be uh, there are some things. So we made the decision a year ago where we said antivirus has gone the way of the dodo. So if you're in the process of implementing antivirus, I'd say stop, go back and consider something like EDR. Um, while it's very, very hard to look ahead for five years and say, what what should I be using? What shouldn't I? Um, for me, as as one of the leaders of the organization that's trying to decide what tools do we use? How do we use it? Whether it's something that's applicable for us and anybody we work with, we are looking at it like that. We are trying to kind of crystal ball it. But I'll tell you, when it comes to me, I try not to sign long, long term contracts with certain technologies especially in cybersecurity, because you look at it and you go, man, I don't know, this could completely change. Uh, and I'll, I'll use a great example is if you brought in a security tool set back in 2020 and thinking this is a great tool, really supplements what I'm doing, and the pandemic hits and you send everybody home and you start pushing everything into the cloud, well, gosh, you just made an investment in, a, in a, the old castle moat technology that doesn't actually apply today. It does happen, but that's part of the reason why I tend to be a little more conservative in what does that look like. Um, but another podcast, you can start to look <laughs> ahead and say, what does that look like? Where are we going? And you kind of have that strategic visioning. That stuff will help you with kind of figuring that kind of stuff out in the future. Hit the tangent you know, button. Yeah, I was like, hit the tangent button because we can keep going. I was like, I have other questions. I'm like, we'll save those for the next podcast. Um, but I know that we're kind of getting close to where we try to cap ourselves around 30 minutes every time that we talk. Do you, either of you or both of you, have any like last parting words of wisdom about any of this? I'll jump in real briefly. Um kind of on the context of how do I crystal ball it? And in the context of this, Matthew touched on it already saying it's got support from really big hitters. I don't see it going away. I see it, the adoption will be ramping up over the next five years, not decreasing. Um, so that's my take on it. It's, it, to me, feels pretty evident that that's going to be true. It gets rid of one of the major problems that's been around for decades with, with passwords. Um, but if you're looking at it and you're going, well, gosh, I'm not sure I have the tool. I don't know if I've got the wherewithal, whatever. The best place for you to start is kind of do a, a cost benefit analysis. I already kind of gave you some stats, which you can kind of use as a baseline to go. Well, if I'm spending with my IT guy who costs me six digits, 
if he's spending 20% of his time resetting passwords, getting rid of them saves me an enormous amount of money. Um, potentially keeps me from having to hire somebody new. You can start to go through that process and saying, hey, my, my, my customers are happier and I've saved costs and I can grow. You can start to figure what that looks like. Um, and then again, using your identity of thinking, where do you go from here? Looking for tools that really fit that mold would be something that would make a lot of sense for me. Um, I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, uh, you covered everything far more concisely than I would have. So <laughs> that was great. Uh, one thing I, I may mention is that the Zero Trust Framework does, and I know we've mentioned that a couple times now, does really guide for that. There is a plan in place for how to make sure you are able to move and, and, and roll with some of these punches uh, that can be very useful if you're looking for something to to base more of that on. Oh, and this is my marketing plug that we do have a zero trust podcast. It was two of them. It was a series. So they're out there. We explain the whole castle mode analogy, a whole bunch of really fun analogies, a lot of acronyms in that one. So that's my like, hey, go back and listen to it. But thank you, Todd. Thank you, Matthew, for sitting down and explaining pretty much right moving away from passwords password list doesn't mean no passwords just means a new way of authenticating yourself so by all means i'm going to throw both the stats and some of the solutions that we talked about in the comments we're on youtube right anywhere for the podcast so if you're looking at the podcast description and you're like they said something about this octa this duo what is it i'll throw links to anything that we talked about just so it's a little bit easier for everybody to reference but if anybody has more questions you can shoot us an email at info at cit-net.com or head out to our website at cit-net.com backslash podcast. But thank you everybody for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode.